0: But we're here for a real education. Dee, 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 dee Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick, joined, as always, by my co-host, movie centurion, Melissa Kersher. Hello! And by, uh, well, I was going to say stunt Jenna, but that's not really how it works. Uh, Jenny <laughs> Young has been with us for a very long time, but unfortunately she has had... To move on from a real education, yeah. she, so she is
1: refocusing her efforts. On refocusing other parts her of
0: efforts, her life and we and life. we will miss her. And she will probably be back as a guest from time to time. But our our third co-host is going to be a revolving cavalcade <laughs> of movie novices. <laughs> and this uh, this episode's movie novice, we feature our good friend Tanya Warshaw.
2: Hello, Yay. who is
0: also uh, frequently uh, appears on Real Education Noir.
1: Yeah, she is, she is one of the regular trio on yeah. the
2: so, Noir podcast.
0: So, you know, it's it's a Real Education, it's sort this of an incestuous thing.
2: Real whoa. Education whoa, whoa, thing. Whoa, incest, whoa. whoa.
0: <laughs> so, so uh, we are here, of course, to watch a movie. Yay. That uh, Melissa, typically Melissa has seen. Yeah,
1: uh, yes. and, uh, <laughs> not always. Not
0: always, but typically, typically Melissa has seen. And in this case, that is correct. And that our stunt Jenna, or in this case, uh, third host, uh, has <laughs> not. Just
1: call her Tanya. Well,
0: I, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm
0: trying to introduce the new format. Give me a okay, break. All okay, right. Okay. So, okay. Tanya, you have not seen the film that we are about to watch, which is Eight and a Half. Correct. Tell us what you know about eight and a half.
2: It's by a director guy who's famous and his name is Fellini.
0: And he's Italian, and that's why I called Melissa our movie Centurion. I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> that's I thought you were going from.
2: like Roman. Well Well, you know Yeah. Roman. Well, yeah, so, Roman. Anyway, it was in so, Italy. Okay, okay yeah. that works. Okay. Um let's see. It is not it is not the weird movie slash snuff film. That, that was 9mm. That's very different. 8mm. Yeah, that one.
0: It's not that film.
2: It's not movie. that one. It's not um, that film. It's probably in black and white. Hmm.
0: Probably.
2: That's fair. And there may be 60s type music. Ooh, Ooh that's a good guess.
0: 60s type music. Yeah. Because, there you go.
2: Because La Dolce Vita, which I also have not seen. Okay. Makes me think of that. Yes.
1: Ha! <laughs> All right. All right. I don't...
2: That, that's a very good uh, tangent to draw,
1: actually. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, La Dolce Vita was another one of Fellini's films. Oh, so it came there out, it is. It came out three years before this one, so... Bonus points. Yeah. yeah. Eight and a half actually refers to the number of films that Fellini had directed up to this point in his career. Half a film? He co-directed one.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So that's the half.
2: That makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: And and one of those eight is La Dolce Vita.
2: Oh, oh. Does it have people on mopeds going... Ciao Oh It very well could I haven't <laughs> seen it in a while
1: <laughs> Mopeds are a distinct possibility And and the decent <laughs>
0: chance Somebody will say ciao
1: There, there are some very Whether neat...
0: or not Whether or not They will be on a moped When they say it <laughs> yeah. Is up in the air
1: There, there are some Very uh, distinct And interesting modes Of transportation In this movie I will Ooh. just say that Mm. mm, Yes, yes. Including uh, the starship of the
0: imagination. Well, anyway. <laughs> Wait. Uh, <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> is that the one with the purple dinosaur?
0: No.
1: If it's in black and white, you don't know.
2: If no, it's you Oh, wouldn't that's know. A point.
0: It could be a dinosaur. It, and you wouldn't know what color it is. It's kind
1: of is. dark gray. <laughs> 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 it, could be, it could be light gray. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, it could be like, um, you know, a very light purple and then... It'd be <laughs>
2: So or you could have a
1: purple filter on the black and white <laughs> lens, and no, they hand and,
2: colored it with.
1: Ooh, yes, we can go uh, <laughs> frame full, by frame. <laughs> George Mita is on this. <laughs> so this All indeed right. is a
0: film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by Federico, it's Federico. Is that Federico? It? Federico Fellini. Fellini, mm-hmm. Fellini. Uh, and it is uh, as Melissa said, his ninth, nine and a half film.
1: it yeah yeah.
0: The, the, yeah. It would, at this point, be yeah. his nine and a half film, yeah. which, given the name, might imply it has something to do with his first state and a half in some strange way.
1: Eh. Have you seen eh. it? Tim? No, I haven't. Oh, but I yes. do actually
0: know quite a bit about it, so I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm being very coy. But uh, it,
1: um, at this point in the, the, his career, uh, Fellini uh, was very autobiographical. Oh, So this is Very much uh, Drawing upon his life And uh, it it is a comedy I will warn you God damn
0: those funny Italians <laughs> <laughs> And uh,
1: so He he was a neorealist Coming in from the 40s and 50s uh, Particularly Like a, if you've ever seen La Strada, that's a good example of his films In that era but then from La Dolce Vita on he gets kind of more and more surreal and more and more turns inwards and makes just makes movies about his life in kind of a surrealistic fashion. Does this movie have M C Escher stairs? Mm, I ain't saying anything. Ha. Just
0: saying. Just She did we'll it, it, it. It is Melissa's job to not tell you yes. anything about the film.
1: Yeah, yeah, Tanya knows this very well. Yeah. So
0: the movie could yeah. have M C Escher stairs or it might not. It might not. Mm-hmm. And you don't know
1: right now what she has done is insured. You still don't know. <laughs> um, so a, a lot of people who are into Fellini consider this like his sweet spot in his oh, okay. career because La Dolce Vita and Eight and a Half are considered classics from his okay. his uh, his catalog of films, and uh, they're when most people think of Fellini these days they pretty much gravitate to this era of his career, but he was working as a director for decades and decades, and I think even into the 80s. I'll have to double check that. And you will, yeah, because, because Melissa will. is our notes person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: what we're going to do right now, we're going to go watch La Dolce Vita. And if indeed the film does have some crazy 60s music, <laughs> you might listen to it for the next 15 seconds or so. Oh, indeed. It could It could happen. Uh, I don't know yet. I haven't seen the movie, and therefore I have not picked out the music that I will be using in this segment that's about to start playing. It's exciting, because what I'm saying right now is leading into something that I don't know What it's gonna be?
1: (laughs) It it might even be a a song from the musical Nine, which is based. Which is
0: based? I knew that. (laughs) I knew that. I was saving that for the after. Uh, But
1: but you're talking about the music right now.
0: I am, and we should just go watch. We should just go watch the movie. We'll be back. And we are back. Many women have been taken for granted.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you, Tim. Thank you. (laughs) The film
0: has seemingly seemingly collapsed into into itself, much like a black hole. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yep. We're all left
0: with impressed but puzzled looks on our faces. So... Um. <laughs> That's so, an
1: understatement. <laughs> so since both of you have not seen it before, I should be the one who asks. What did you guys think? Tanya,
2: since you're a guest, uh you oh should God. go first. Uh um, <laughs> that was a thing. <laughs> 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 to to steal from, from, from Allie. From Allie. Yeah. That that happened. That <laughs> happened a lot. Uh, I appreciated the lambasting he got at the end. Yeah. That was yeah. kind of, you know, I, I didn't mind that. Deserved? Yeah. Very deserved. Yeah. But at the same time, he's kind of not a- ashamed that that's who he is to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess, okay, living your truth. Yeah, it's true. But
1: um, I, I think you've, you've gone straight for the truth where... Um, uh, imme- well pretty much pretty much <laughs> in- immediately after the the film was over Tanya was just staring at the screen i go that's about how i feel after all fellini movies I, and that's wow. about right yeah i
2: mean there's so much there to unpack well yeah and and when he gets
1: into this era you know starting with la dolce vita onwards and you know as i was saying earlier he kind of starts looking really inward and like this was uh a, a uh, eight and a half is definitely going straight for the Jungian Freudian
2: yeah, there is. psychology
1: and things, but it it's all a portrait of a kind of reprehensible guy. And it's clear that this clear this reprehensible character represents the filmmaker yeah. unashamedly unashamedly making a movie about himself. it, it was, both picking on himself well, he, but
0: he titles the movie Eight and a Half. Yeah. It's like it, it I is, have made you know, eight and a half films. Yeah. Here is a movie about me
1: making my ninth, yeah, and a half. Which and and this is deliriously meta because oh yeah, um, how this film came to be was, um, well, let me back up. Uh, Fellini was very famous for never having a finished script,
2: <laughs> so okay, so
1: the the films would evolve over time as they were being made, and um, well. The Italian film industry during this time It was pretty much the norm to never record sound When they recorded the film footage Everything was dubbed afterwards Um, The way Fellini used it is kind of different From the way everybody else used it So if you watch uh, a Sergio Leone movie from the same era I was going to say He's hiring actors from various different countries They all speak different languages So everybody just speaks their own language While they're being filmed And then they get dubbed into whatever language later. Right. Whatever market the film is being sent to. Right. Whereas Fellini is literally just using that as a way to keep working in the script after the movie's been filmed.
0: And, so and create he, so, a layer of surrealism in that yeah. it's really clear the actors yeah. are not always saying what, well, the, what the... the And I mean, we're, we're, we're reading subtitles. Mm-hmm. But... Even within that, you know, you can hear what the actors are saying, and Mm -hmm. even if you don't understand the words, you can tell their lips... Aren't, aren't, yeah. Saying yeah, aren't
1: saying that. Well, that. and especially, and it's not
0: even close. It's not like they're trying to match it as they do in a Leone film, when you've got it, when you've got an Italian actor speaking Italian, but it's being dubbed into English. Yeah, there seems to me an attempt to make the dialogue fit what they're saying at least a little bit.
1: Right, and, um, and this is just going well, way off the deep end.
2: It, to me, it made it a whole another level of meta. Oh yeah, if absolutely. You, if you think about this being like about his filmmaking. Oh. It gets even deeper than this, oh which is where I was going with this because,
1: you know, there, he's, he, he's continuing to work on the script even after the footage uh-huh. been taken and, you know, re-recording lines and, and all this. The film was literally being written as they were filming it. Not only that, um, in pre-production, he went into pre-production and realized he had forgotten entirely what he was going to make a movie about. I had no idea. No clue. It's like he originally had an idea. He sat down and was like, I don't remember anything about what I'm going to do. So he was going to go to, I think it was one of the producers and go, Oh God, I am so sorry. I have, I blanked. I have no idea what the movie was going to be about. But as he was going to meet with this guy, he said, what if I make a movie about a guy who doesn't know what movie he's making. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is this film. Wow. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, right?
0: Everybody's just dumbfounded. I know, I'm I loving thought, this. This is I great. It was really incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like. As you, as you sit there and you, you kind of start, it's like like there's that that seemingly throwaway scene about how he can't make a movie about love. Those two girls who just show up yeah. bouncing around in the bed at one point. And then at the end of the movie, it's like, well, actually, he just did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And you know all these little moments that 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 like i said it, it circles back in, it's like it's like a black hole of a movie where yeah. the story can't escape because <laughs> because it's it's about itself
2: yeah um, it feels like my brain sometimes
0: it's, it's <laughs> yes. super super and yes. and and the other thing that i thought from the really beginning you know uh, you, i wish cuz i have i know people who just don't like black and white and they're like, they're like i can't I,
2: molly
1: as an
0: example <laughs> where i just like i don't like black and white films i'm yep. like i wish you could show them something like this as lush as the cinematography oh, it's is so it's just i mean it's it's rich it's sexy it is mm-hmm. uh-huh. i mean it's the thing that draws you into the film from the beginning and i think draws you into the character from the beginning is there's sort of this love affair with the way it's being shot oh, oh god yes. yes
1: and and all of Fellini's movies are like this it oh. it's just heartrendingly beautiful to look at and and the literally the the images are more important than the dialogue cuz you know yeah. he's con- he's constantly constructing the dialogue on the fly but the images are
2: there i, I loved how the, it's so the use of language, yeah. even like because there were there were at least three languages being spoken, yeah, throughout like and overlapping and mm-hmm. and like and I thought that was cool too because since he has become sort of this international named by this point because of yeah. La Dolce Vita. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole scene with the press at the end when they're, like, just peppering him with, like, yeah. what does this mean? And do you like this pornography? Or do you believe in <laughs> divorce? What are your political stances? And it's like, that is so probably real. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And
1: um, the term paparazzi comes from Fellini. Oh! So, uh, La Dolce Vita, there is a character named, I think it's Paparazzo. And uh, La Dolce Vita is... Also about the entertainment industry, and it's 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 kind of about um, people feeling just trapped and bored with life and right. living this life, and uh, the that character's name became the term for wow. paparazzi, and so he was very intimately familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow.
0: Um another another scene that struck me is the scene where he's having the argument with his wife in bed. And the yeah. thing that I thought was really interesting about it is the way he shoots it and the two of them are arguing and it's not until the very end of the scene when he pulls back and they're in two separate beds, yeah. which is this great visual representation of the of the separation between the two of them. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're looking at it, he's shooting it in such a way that it doesn't necessarily play that they're not in the same bed mm-hmm. um and i thought that was that you know again there, there's a, so much imagery that that uh really punches up the dialogue that really complements the dialogue yeah um and you know it makes sense because the imagery in his in his mind is even more important mm-hmm. than the dialogue if he's constantly rewriting the dialogue you know he had to think first about shooting that argument yeah and the argument's going to be shot in such a way that i'm going to see these two characters who are married whom i've seen him in one bed with his mistress earlier and mm-hmm. there's there's a connection there there's a physical yeah. connection with that mistress and with his wife i see that there isn't one but then i even accentuated further by showing that they aren't even in one bed they're right. in two beds um just, yeah,
1: and and the the simple, you know, just the very subtle way of showing relationships like that are throughout the film, and and it's, and you have to kind of look for them because they're so subtle, uh, compared to the overt ballet sequences, the, <laughs> the the ballet of satire that just breaks out every once in a while, which. I mean, those are my favorite parts of this movie. I just love how those happen because I find them just wickedly funny.
2: I think I think I must have been watching something on great directors or great movies in history or something, because I've seen the part where he's got his little harem and they're at the snow. I've seen at least I don't think it was it was just like just that snow part. It wasn't like the whole thing. But like I, I, I was entranced just because of the costuming and all the mm-hmm. movement and just the way the characters were moving at the time, and that's where I thought there were stairs. Yeah, because I think there were stairs in a different clip that they were showing. Which yeah. yeah, there were stairs in that one. Yeah, but like well, yeah, th- yeah, but uh,
1: she would had mentioned the Escher stairs in the beginning. Ah, that's what yes, okay,
0: to. the Escher stairs.
1: Yeah, so
2: well then, i don't know it, the rocket like a,
0: i can see the extra stairs coming from the 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 rocket, the rocket too, platform yeah.
2: oh speaking of which do you totally think that joss whedon stole that for the fourth season of buffy oh probably
0: that's the sort of thing joss whedon would do oh, he was totally. just a fucking also <laughs> he just he just he's like well this thing came from fellini but nobody watches fellini so who's gonna
1: know you <laughs> It, it kind of surprises me that nerds don't know more Fellini Because Fellini is kind of a nerd A little He's, bit he, he, he was a comic book geek He actually used to write for the Italian version of Flash Gordon Nice so When the artwork of Flash Gordon would come overseas He'd write the Italian oh, sweet. language yeah. version of it um, When they made the Flash Gordon movie You know, the Dino De Laurentiis Queen soundtrack Flash Gordon movie Dino De Laurentiis wanted Fellini to direct it Oh! Which, what would oh that have been like? Oh, my God. I would not have. I still love. I just have I, to think it would have been passion. a movie
0: about somebody making a Flash Gordon movie. <laughs> oh,
1: God, yes.
0: Except that's kind of what this movie's about. Oh, well,
1: yeah. It really is. Oh, it my God. It really is. Now, I am not dissing in any way the, the D- Flash Gordon no. that we got because I adore it. With so much glee we need to find somebody who hasn't seen that Ooh. and show it to them because their head will explode with <laughs> glitter. It is, but, it
0: is quite the movie.
1: But yeah, it's uh, it, Fellini was first oh. on the list to direct
2: that. God, ah. if he had gotten hold of oh, those costumes! What the hell? Oh,
1: uh, but yeah, the but going back to the the kind of surrealist ballet sequences, and I do call them ballet, even if you know most of them do have music over them but they sometimes don't but they still are a dance and one of the other things that Fellini was leveraging the no soundtrack thing for was first of all he'd bark uh, orders at the actors as they're as they're doing their scenes but also he'd constantly be playing music so the 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 actors would just naturally fall into the the rhythms and you just get this amazing sense of motion throughout the movie.
2: Well, and the the one younger woman who played his muse or the... the oh, woman, Claudia oh, Claudia yes. Cardinale. Claudia
0: Cardinale. I thought we might get to her. Oh, oh. Yeah, she was um,
2: brilliant. And oh. I, every time she walked, yeah. she was on her tiptoes. Or yeah. like in a ballet kind of like... She, yeah. she didn't walk flat-footed. Yeah, her,
0: her movement was very deliberate oh, and it, very almost angelic.
1: Well, um, in this movie, you can really see the magic that is Claudia Cardinale. Because, dear listeners, uh, just a few episodes ago, we saw uh, Fitzcarraldo. Yes. Which also, which had also Claudia, featured Claudia Cardinale. Claudia Cardinale. And, um, you know, I talked quite a bit about her, and uh, she's a very interesting woman. I won't double up on what I said in that episode. But it's this movie that really, uh, really kind of, you know, one of many that really showcases what she could do in the 60s because you put her on screen and she is like pure sex and <laughs> and and she's just kind of magical and she's just beautiful and enchanting and she's just a magnet and that is what she was put on film to do during this era and and Fellini
2: knew how to use that i i love how many different women were in this movie mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that they were mostly sex objects adju- Objects, yeah, they were there, and they were varying body types mm-hmm. and varying looks, yeah. and I was really happy about that. Yeah, and, and, well, they and, were and, well,
0: unquestionably they... sex objects. I don't think the mostly, uh, they, they <laughs> yes, were yes. all
2: well sex
0: objects. Yeah, His, but, but, but there was a, I mean, there was a very clear critique of that.
1: Yes,
2: right, and um, and
1: and the fact that there were dozens of them, and they yes. all had distinct characters, and they, um the The commentary around them was really, really remarkable, and and which is why I like this movie, and I don't like La Dolce Vita. <laughs> you know, you know, La Dolce Vita seems to miss that extra step of turning in on itself and going this, this is here is bullshit. Um, I mean, it does that on some other things, but I mean, eventually we should just watch that, and you can hear me rant how much I don't like that movie. But. <laughs> But eight and a half I do like, and uh, this may be the third or fourth time I've gone through it, and every time I see it, I see something new. but I just love the harem sequence. Oh, God. The, it, it is it, it, it's just so remarkable how it just starts turning in on itself and the um, Who, who's, oh. who's the
2: playwright that did the six actors? or the six characters Pirandello,
0: six characters in search it of felt oh, it yeah. reminded
2: me a lot of the kind of dialogue you get from that yeah and it, it, it's very it's very quick and back and forth but it's it was i don't know it just yeah. reminded me of that a lot and it, oh i love that yeah experience. oh and the costumes with the hats and the oh yeah oh and, and, and it, the eyeshadow. they oh. had the like full-on Dora like yeah, do yeah. I thing? Oh, that was
1: amazing! Yeah, the super exact. You know, when he goes into these kind of flights of fancy sequences, the, it just gets science fiction, literally. I mean, oh, that, yeah. it just starts going well, bonkers.
2: Even when they yeah. they're doing the part where everybody's just there, there was a woman. She wasn't in any other part of the movie, but she had on, like, this spike hat. She shows up twice, but yeah, both, both times mean, with that hat. It's yeah. just like, oh my god, I want those costumes! <laughs> They're amazing. <Yeah. laughs> we, we should do an eight and a half flash <gasps> mob somewhere. Uh-huh. That would so yeah, awesome! A bunch,
1: bunch of women in these bonkers costumes. Oh, and oh, we could put little
2: movie. cars around ourselves so we'd be like at the beginning where everybody's oh, yeah. just staring at them in the cars? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I like this, I like this. 8 or we and can, have
0: flash mob, that would be, nine. like... You do that, you do that at a science fiction convention, everybody would just be like,
1: what? We, we just that. coordinate coming down
2: the stairs at the same time. And one, like and one
0: person, one person be like, eight and a half.
2: Yes. No! Yeah. <laughs> and you have somebody play Fellini, just be like, and now talk to each other. Yeah hold hands, run around. To, to <laughs> and, you
0: know, interesting, you what? talk about Fellini shouting directions at his actors while there's music playing. And what is the last scene of the movie? <laughs>
1: it's him it's, shouting it's at all the players. It's characters shouting in the...
0: at oh. instructions at the actors while somebody's <gasps> playing music. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I love like... to,
2: it, it made me think of a circus. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know. Oh,
1: in, in almost every movie, he starts referencing vaudeville and circuses nice. at some point. So it, It's very obvious here, of course.
2: Yeah, because they're all running around those little things, which would be, like, where they would demarcate the ring from the audience. Yeah. And I I found that a a fascinating symbolism Mm -hmm. for, like, the characters, characters in his life being, you know, life is a circus, and, like, he's trying to take all these disparate parts and they're coming all together and like oh my god i want to watch this again <laughs> yay <laughs> okay so now yeah. uh we
0: it, do we have uh, any information that needs to be shared on your notes of
1: oh i've note, got a few I, i've got um yeah you know,
0: we got to cover a little bit here. yeah
1: yeah I've, i went into a lot of it with you know how the movie was made but um you know, this did win a couple Oscars. It, it won Best Costumes for black and white cinematography. Um, this, was was back, thing. this was back. This was back when they separated the Oscars for black mm. and white films and color films. For because it was direction. a time when
0: you could actually make those choices. Right. Yes, I mean right. you still can, but I mean <laughs> it,
1: it was a, it was a different job depending on what you were shooting yeah. in at that point in time, and you know things were divided yeah. about half and half at the time. So uh, it won for Best Costumes for black and white, and it won Best Foreign Language Film. Um, it, during his career, Fellini would take four Oscars for Best Foreign Language Film. Nice. Including, I think, La Dolce Vita, I think Lestrada got one, and Satyricon, maybe? I can't remember which ones he got, but this is definitely one of them. Um, he, while filming this movie, he had a slip of paper uh, pinned underneath the eyepiece of the camera that said, Remember, this is a comedy.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comedy. Oh, I wish they would have shot that, <laughs> like, put that in a frame somewhere. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> One, uh, another astonishing thing about this film so, um, the, uh, the print lab, the, the lab that was would have developed the film in Italy, uh, was on strike at this time, at the time it was being filmed, which means they did not have dailies. They were shooting and shooting and shooting. They had no idea what they were capturing on camera. They didn't know if they needed to reshoot anything until Fellini got into the editing room. With the film. <laughs> so, they were really shooting in the dark <laughs> for this one. Wow. Um, the, uh, the main score, um, the the stuff that wasn't pulled from general classical right, music right. Collection, collections, because there's a lot of that, too. Uh, it was composed by Nido, Nido Rota, who... Um, well, if you listen to the main theme of this movie... You can kind of hear the Godfather theme in it. Thank you! Right. Because 10 years later, he scored The Godfather.
2: Uh huh. <laughs> That's from what this. I was, I was like, yep. what
1: is that? It is the Godfather theme. That is what you are hearing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, oh, and you got your chow. So yeah!
2: Say, I would copy chow. Happy. chow.
1: Ciao. By, by the way, I love the Seragina sequence. Oh God, it's the rumba, the rumba dance, the rumba. We got to see it twice, dear listeners. <laughs> Hulu shut down on us, and we had to get it playing again, so we got to see her dance twice.
0: Which we should make a point. Uh, if you have Hulu Plus,
1: yeah, it is it's on. on Hulu. It streams. Yeah,
0: uh, it's a part of the Criterion Collection. So you know, you never know what's going to stay streaming and what isn't, but. Hulu's had the Criterion Collection for quite a while, so there's a decent chance that if you're listening to this, you're going, "Where can I watch this movie?" Well, yeah. you can stream it, and uh, in high def, really. Uh, I can't it's, emphasize enough oh, it's so pretty. how oh, pretty this movie is. So Just, pretty. There, there are. I mean, the way the way he he uh, uses close-ups mm-hmm. in this film, really, really well done. I mean, he every single actor in this film that has you know a significant Part he spends time just studying the face. Yeah, you know, uh, which which I think is always really kind of key to getting into the character is, is mm-hmm. just, and he clearly thought so too, uh, in the way that he just really, and, and it's not like, I'm going to show this character's response to something, it's just, I'm going to give you some time to see this this face, and mm-hmm. to experience this face. Certainly that happens with the Claudia Cardinale character, oh, which yeah. I think by the way, is great that she is clearly playing herself Yeah, that yeah. When she shows up As not the dream girl, but, I mean, he calls her Claudia, and it is Claudia Claudia Cardinale Cardinale. showing up because he wants her to play Claudia Cardinale. (laughs) Because
1: because it's Claudia Cardinale. Why
0: would... She's basically like, no, this is a dumb role. I'm not going to do it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And... Uh, he he knows lighting like yeah what else it, they, okay so the the scene where the mc appears out of the darkness because of that backlighting and you all you see is the outline and blackness uh i, I think all three of us just went oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that came on screen well,
2: and, and that oh, the, when they so go good. on location to the to the rocket ship yeah. or whatever and all those lights he's yeah. got like the it's not lens flare it's Something weird with the lights and then, yeah, like, yeah, I think
1: he has, actually has them like draped in gauze yeah, to oh just God, diffuse to the glow or a little bit of fog or something. Yeah, did
0: he do his own cinematography or, I mean,
1: I think he did because uh, he holy. was he came from a journalism, he came from a journalism background, oh. just like mm. Kurosawa did, just like Stanley Kubrick did, just like in. Bergman, Ingr- uh, Ingrid Berg- Ingmar. <laughs> Ingmar Bergman uh, did, and uh, so he, he knew his way around a camera, and uh, he, I mean, he had some very good uh, artisans around him as well, but he, throughout his career, could shoot a really damn pretty movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one very late in his career that people really love, and I actually really like it too, it's called the Amarcord. Um, sh- him shooting in color is... Dazzling. Mm. Just dazzling. Like
2: like Ron Good. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was um, yeah.
0: I thought it was interesting that in spite of the fact this is a movie about filmmaking, you mm-hmm. never see a film camera. Right. There's never a camera in the entire movie. It, it,
1: it's all about the relationships between people and and the drama and the the inner turmoil of the <laughs> artist. You mm-hmm. know, that sort of thing
0: so wow okay so we uh, we've been talking about this film for a while I've got, so, it, I've, I've yeah, got a couple,
1: right. couple other people I just right. want to mention really quick um, the star of this movie was Marcello Mastriani who was an actor of great renown in Italy uh, great he, renown he, he was also the lead in La Dolce Vita and he's been in dozens of things um, he uh, passed away in the mid 90s was it tragic? no I don't Damn think it, it necessarily <laughs> was uh. <laughs> But he had, he had a, uh, a long-term relationship with Kat- Catherine Deneuve. Oh, I've heard of her. Um, and uh, they, they had a daughter together. And uh, so uh, Catherine Deneuve is somebody we need to watch a movie yes. with on this podcast, too, because I don't think we've seen her. No, we've yet.
0: not had Catherine Deneuve. Um, Deneuve. Yeah.
1: Uh, he, he had three Oscar acting nominations, which is pretty... Pretty impressive for a non-English speaking actor. Exactly, and he was the brother of Fellini's editor. So, uh, also uh, one of the other uh, women in the cast of Women uh, was Barbara Steele, who was who might be recognizable to fans of horror films of the 60s because she was one of the scream queens who showed up in Bava films like Black Sunday. She was in Pit in the Pendulum, uh, stuff like that. So she pops up in all sorts of geek-friendly properties. Uh, And uh, going back to Fellini, of course, let's see, fun fun stuff about Fellini. I think I mentioned everything uh, except for the fact that when he passed away, he he passed away on his fiftieth wedding anniversary, which is very sad. And also on the same day that Reaver Phoenix died. So yeah. So the news totally got lost. Yeah, in nineteen ninety three. Yeah. Yeah. Very sad.
0: So it was kind of tragic.
1: That so there's your tragic, tragic death. Tragic death. Is that your
2: is that this podcast dreamed? Melissa game? seems yeah. to
0: always find tragic deaths.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, when we're talking about when we're talking about movies. So, yeah. you know, it, it's 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 we're looking for it i yeah I'm, I'm
1: always searching for the tragic death so, all right we found the
0: tragic death it is time <laughs> it is time for final thoughts so uh, melissa will you please offer your final thought about eight and a half
1: i adore the segment where it's the spa that turns into a church i love i just love it so much i love the 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 urgent music over it and the all the the steam and the weird like 1984 big brother sort of processing <laughs> that happens in the spa and then and suddenly they're they're talking to the cardinal and, and, the, cardinal's church, <laughs> and the cardinal's naked naked and i love it so much naked it's old so skinny man bizarre. yes <laughs> i mean they're I, I, Pretty pretty much any of those flight of fancy sequences, the 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 ballet of satire sequences, I just adore. I just, I love them. I love them. Okay, Tanya, final thought.
2: Oh God, I have to watch all of Fellini's stuff, <laughs> and then go watch this again and be like, oh, that was from that movie. Mm-hmm. That was from that movie. And then watch this like thirty more times to all the stuff that w- I still didn't.
0: All right, so you've got homework.
2: Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Yes. So you'll like Evidoloni, one of his
1: earlier films. Yeah. I, that that's one I'm very fond of.
0: All right, good. So my final thoughts. Uh, just another thing that that I I enjoyed was the moment when uh, when he's told that there's no way that he can put this scene in a film where a cardinal meets him at a spa yeah. and then he goes to meet the cardinal at the spa yeah. <laughs> just yeah, there are so many moments oh. like that that i enjoyed that I, the, but uh, but i wanted to call that one out so uh, of course also the last thing i need to do is tell you what our next movie is going to be yes so the next movie we will be watching is The Lion in Winter
2: <laughs> oh. uh,
0: scenery chewing extravaganza oh. featuring every great british actor and Catherine hepburn Yes. Hey. Uh, oh, she's not she's British.
2: Not British. I, I,
0: she's not I, British. I got there. <laughs> I got there. It just took me okay. a minute. Uh, so, uh, and we are, uh, our movie amateur for that for that podcast is going to be Allie Ellingsberg, yeah. who is the other co host of A Real Education Noir. So, mm-hmm. if you haven't listened to Real Education Noir, you could check that out. Totally it's like it's what we call our, what they call in the biz, our sister podcast. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time for a line in winter. Goodbye. Ciao. 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 We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a real education. <laughs>